to get into the Word of God for this morning. Thank you, worship team. Appreciate you guys. Say it out loud. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. And I do what it tells me to do. And I love my Bible. So I make this as a confession. I will meditate therein, both day and night, on a chapter in the morning and a chapter in the evening, Monday through Friday. And because I do, my life is blessed. It is no more a mess. Now everything I touch, everything I touch will turn to success. If you believe that, shout hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, we thank you for this, another opportunity to receive words from you. We pray that my speech and preaching today will not be with the enticing words of man's wisdom. Let it be by demonstration of your spirit and of power that our faith not rest in the, in the wisdom of a man, but in the power of your word. We pray that revelation knowledge will flow freely and uninterrupted by any satanic or demonic force. We're open to the operation of the gifts of the spirit to flow freely in this service tonight for healing to happen, miracles to manifest. And Lord, we look to give you and you only all the glory, honor and praise in the authority of Jesus. We pray and let the church say amen. amen. Wave at somebody around you and you may be seated. Once again, open with me, if you would, to the book of First John chapter 5 this morning. So glad to see you all out in person and everybody who is online. We welcome you today. Uh, we believe you're in the right place at the right time. God's got a word for you. Say it out loud. God's got a word for me today. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 through 10, the Bible says, This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we are lying and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us, thank you, Lord, from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Just a word about what I just taught on in the prosperity message, in context in this particular verse. If I don't believe that I'm sinning, I'm not going to confess it. And if I don't confess it, he can't cleanse me from the unrighteousness. He can't wipe out the guilt. He can't wipe away the shame. He can't get rid of the condemnation. He can't rinse off the inferiority and the fear because I never repented for it. And if I've got a disposition that I've, I haven't done anything wrong where money is concerned, then I'm not going to pray, Lord, forgive me for what I've done. Amen? 
But if we confess our sins, come on, somebody. You could come in feeling some kind of way, messed up, haven't done right. But, oh, Lord, forgive me. Have mercy on me. And what is he going to do? He is going to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And you'd be forgiven of all your sins. We're continuing a series we started just uh, three weeks ago called You in Righteousness. Talking about you and the subject of righteousness. You and I learning to live in right standing with God. If you missed last week, I highly recommend that you go back and listen to the message. These things, uh, these are series, so they build one upon the other. The first one we looked at is what is righteousness? Man, that was good to get an understanding about being in the presence of God and what that looks like. The second one was the fact that you need boldness, right? And so now we see why righteousness is very important because we need boldness in the day of judgment. We need boldness when the enemy comes to steal, come on, to kill. Y'all help me today and to destroy. We need boldness when we get an evil report. We need boldness when we're coming up against the case. We need boldness in the day when a decision needs to be made. How many of y'all know when there's a decision that needs to be made, you do not need to be double-minded? Come on, you need to know that this is the way God wants me to go. This is what God wants me to do. And I'm confident, even if I'm making a mistake, I need to be bold in my believing that I'm doing what the Lord has instructed me to do. And then if, if I am messing up, he'll show me the way. He'll turn me around and get me back on track. You need boldness. Well, today, child of God, we are going to talk about how to be righteous. And the title of the message is Righteous by Faith. We pick up today from where we left off as we talk about righteous by faith. This is going to be so good. And I pray you get a hold of it. Amen. What is righteousness? Righteousness is the ability to stand in the presence of God as if sin has never before existed. As I said, you know, I'm here present today. And, you know, there's some people, especially back in the day, when they get around a preacher, man, if they were smoking, I mean, they... You know, they kind of hide the cigarette. Today, it's like, hey, Pastor. <laughs> God is good, right? No, come on. Back in the day, man, if, if, you, if, if the preacher came up and you were drinking something, man, it's like, woo, you know, you feel some kind of way, you know. <laughs> well, I'm a man. Amen. I put, I put my pants on one foot at a time. Amen. Uh, but, yeah, I'm here present today. And you might feel, you know, sometimes people, you may feel kind of awkward around the pastor. May think that, well, maybe they know things that, that, you know. But how about the almighty God? Can we stand in his presence as if we've never done anything wrong? I mean, that's a stretch for a lot of people on this planet even believers. When you talk about being righteous, you're talking about being in right standing, good standing with the almighty God. Of course, you might ask the question, well, how in the world are we going to be able to do that? 
can I stand it before God? God knows my faults and failures. I'm thinking of some things right now. How in the world could I ever stand in God's presence as if sin has never before existed? The enemy's end game in tempting us to sin is so that he can get us feeling some kind of way. It's not really about the sin. It's about the unrighteousness. When we, of course, gave you the definition of unrighteousness, unrighteousness is the inability to stand in the presence of God without the sense of guilt, shame, condemnation, inferiority, and fear. I pray I say those five things enough that you commit them to memory so that if you ever find yourself afraid, if you ever find yourself feeling inferior, maybe you've got a job interview or you're going up for a career, and if you go into that situation and you feel inferior, if you get around a, a, you know, a celebrity or maybe you're around your boss and you feel inferior, that sense of inferiority is a sense of unrighteousness. Listen, if you could stand boldly in the presence of God without the sense of guilt and shame, and inferior, you ought to be able to stand in the presence of your boss, come on, the presence of your spouse, come on in the presence of your pastor or anybody else on this planet without this sense of shame. Amen? Amen. Yes, you can get around your parents and feel shame. Amen. Proverbs chapter 28 verse 10 says that the righteous are as bold as a lion, right? So ultimately, Satan wants to rob you of your confidence that you need to resist him when he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But the question for today is how in the world are we going to be able to stand in God's presence? How in the world are we going to be able to stand and having done all to stand in the evil day? Come on, somebody. How, how are we going to do it? I know I need boldness. I know I need to stand against the devil. But how am I going to be able to do this righteously if you go back to Ephesians chapter 6 I want to show you something that just kind of come up in my heart as I was looking towards today we talked about the armor of God Pastor Carol several weeks ago preached on being fit for the fight and this is for every believer because the enemy is coming for you amen well, Ephesians 6 and verse 13 told us to take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. That's the day of adversity. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. The day of adversity is the day of test and trial and temptation. When you get that bad report, it's the day of judgment. And we said that in that day, you've got to, having done all to stand, stand. Is that right? But look at verse 14. He says, having done all to stand, stand therefore having your loins girt about or your waist girded with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. One of the armor has been named after this idea of being able to stand in God's presence without guilt. 
It's called the breastplate of righteousness. If you find yourself in a fight for your life, if you find yourself in a fight for your family, if you're believing God for some money to show up to take care of, you need to make sure that you have strapped on, wrapped on, and tied on your breastplate of righteousness. You're being able to confidently and with your chest stuck out. I think that's why he put it in the breastplate. Amen. Where you can have your chest stuck out in boldness saying I'm able to stand in God's presence and if God be for me then who can be against me say it out loud the breastplate of righteousness now again I love the concept of out of the mouth of two or three witnesses let every word be established it was just the idea to use in that day the Roman soldiers body armor as an example of how you and I should be clothed in righteousness. He then gave the idea of a helmet of salvation and feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, a, a, a belt that holds all of this together, which is the word of God and having a shield of faith. And, you know, he just uh, associated if we were describing that today, as Pastor Carroll Pastor described, he said we would have, you know, that Kevlar body armor, that that bulletproof vest. Right. Well, that bulletproof vest for the believer is a is a bulletproof vest of righteousness. But there's another verse of scripture. And again, mouth of two or three witnesses, this is so important. Turn with me, if you would, to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. We'll look at this chapter in our weekly reading. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 7, he says, By the word of truth, by the power of God, and by the armor of righteousness. The armor of what? On the right hand and on the left. I mean, you could say that the armor of God is an armor of righteousness. I know we've described different components of the armor, but you could say the armor of God is the armor of righteousness. The, you are armed, you are protected when you have a sense that I'm in God's presence without sin. And it's so important. Yeah, Pastor Stan, but how are we going to be able to stand as if sin has never before existed? How do you do that? We do it by faith. If you don't leave with anything, I want you to leave with the how today. Last week, we, we looked at the why. You need it because you, you need boldness. You don't need timidity, right? God's not giving you the spirit of fear or timidity. But a, but a spirit of power and love and a sound mind, right? And you need bonus. That's the why. We looked at the what. Let's look at the how today. How are we going to do it? You do it by faith. If I were to ask for a show of hands, every single hand would go up in here. How many of you have ever, you don't have to put your hand up, not trying to bring any shame upon him. How many of any, any, anybody's ever messed up big? anybody's ever done something they wish they shouldn't have done anybody ever said something anybody ever look have you ever gone someplace and you knew you had no business going there amen but how am i gonna stand righteous before god as if it's i do it by faith look at this concept paul takes an entire chapter or two to look at the how look at romans chapter four and verse one one through three. I'll read all three and then go back to one. 
Abraham was humanly speaking the founder of the Jewish nation. Isn't that true? What did he discover about being made right with God? Verse 2. If his good deeds made him acceptable to God, he would have had something to boast about. But that was not God's way. For the scriptures tell us Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. Glory to God. This entire chapter tells us exactly how to be able to stand in God's presence. You do it by faith. Look at verse 1. He said, what did he discover about being made right with God? This is something I want you to discover today. When you leave, I want you to have discovered about how to be made right with God. How are we made? He discovered this. Abraham was a sinner. He needed to be saved just like you and I needed to be saved. And if you really look at it, we, we call him the father of faith, and he has some great things to his accolade, but he also messed up really big. I mean, he had an adulterous relationship with Hagar, had a child born out of disobedience. God told him that you and your wife were going to, he disobeyed God when he said to get out from your country and go into a land. And he took, he said, don't take anybody with you. But he took Lot along with him. And then he lied to Pharaoh, said that she's my sister. Come on, y'all help me now. I'm going down his track record in a negative way. But he lied. He did things. He cheated. He stole. He did things he wasn't supposed to do. But in the process of time, who am I preaching to today? Because you might have been sitting up under a heavy load of guilt for the things that you have done in your past. And I'm here to tell you today by the Holy Spirit, the way that you can stand as if sin has never before existed is not letting your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds. It's not about how much money you give to God. Maybe you did a lot of bad things and you feel like if I give a lot of money to God, It'll release my bad. My good will kind of balance my bad. No, it's not about what you do. It's about what you believe. He discovered this, that it wasn't about his good deeds, but it was about his faith. Verse 2 said, he, God, it wasn't his good deeds that made him acceptable with God. If it was his good deeds, then he would have had something to boast about. Verse 2 says, that was not God's way. And that's so important for us to embrace. It's not serving on the choir, cooking chicken dinners for the church. Come on. No, that's not God's way for you to feel. Did you know? I'm, I'm going to be honest with you because I grew up in the church and I did some things I should not have done. Yes, as a preacher's kid. Man, if you knew some of the things that you would, maybe you wouldn't even come to this church. Amen. I'm just going to be honest with you. So I've been there where I've sinned since I've been saved. Oh, man, you feel horrible. Now. I've learned that when you sin, you don't run from God, you run to him. But I know what it's like to be in church and you got a club stamp on your hand. I, I, I saw one person look down real strong. <laughs> just, just look down real strong at that moment. I, I, know, I know what that's like. I remember, man, I remember. Because, you know, again, you know, I, I know better, right? I know that on Sunday I'm supposed to be in church. I just know that. 
I was raised. I mean, we got kids now in kids' church, right? We're training them in the way that they should go. Every Sunday morning, what do we do? We go to church. Amen. We worship the Lord. Well, man, I was in, in college, and man, the Saturday, I told my parents, well, the school is having a party, uh, a gathering. Oh, come on, y'all, help me. See, you go from high school and middle school to college, in your minds of your parents, you know, the, the school is having, you know, they're having a homecoming. Oh, y'all got to help me now, right? Oh, mom, I'm going to the homecoming party. Oh, that's acceptable, mom and dad, right? No, man, it's like, oh, I was down there by the subwoofer. I wanted to feel it. I wanted to feel it. I like to dance, too. You know, that was unrighteous dancing. I'm just going <laughs> to, I think we got the children in children's church. <laughs> that was unrighteous dancing, Okay. I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I need some wipe this sweat. <laughs> Embarrassing myself. But, oh, man, the next day I remember it. I remember it clear as day. I was sitting in church and, you know, crossed my hand and looked down. And I was like, oh, man, I had that stamp on my hand. I was in church. You know, you up there, hallelujah. No, nobody know what you did last night. Amen. But the guilt and the shame. God's way is not trying to, oh, have you ever been there where you, you've done good for the last five or six weeks? Come on, your worship is a little bit stronger. Come on, you can go in a little bit further. Now you're like, oh, you know, when, when other people say bad things, you know, you're trying, you're the preacher and the teacher. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? Because it's been some time since you've done something to make you feel guilty or ashamed. Please understand, it's not about the amount of time that you've done good where you can stand in the presence of God. It's simply by faith that you can stand in the presence of God. You can have messed up yesterday, and if you discover what Abraham discovered, if you repent, get it off of you, He'll cleanse you and allow you to stand in his presence and he won't shame you or guilt you as a result. Somebody say out loud, that was good. According to this passage of scripture, we're about to see the how. Verse three says God counts us. Abraham believed, that's faith. But God counted him. Somebody say counted him. It wasn't that he was, but God counted him righteous. Be, why? Because of his good works? Because he was Abraham? He's going to be the father of faith? Because uh, No, he counted him because he believed, because he had what? Faith. Well, then the question becomes, what is faith? I've taught it. We'll continue to teach it. Faith is a firm persuasion. It's a conviction based upon hearing. In the New Testament, it always refers to faith in God, faith in Christ, or things spiritual. This is the how. Allow me to firmly persuade you that if you go out here and mess up really big, allow me to persuade you that if you truly repent in your heart, God will treat you as, if you as if you've never done it before. It doesn't matter what the county 
does as a result, they might put you in jail. But if you confess it and, and, and God forgives you, not if he forgives you, when you confess it, he will forgive you. He'll cleanse you. You could be down there on death row with a clear conscience. I got one. Yes, let me say it again. You could mess up real big, do something really dumb. But by faith, if you allow me to persuade you that 1 John 1 and 9 is real, then you could have done something horrible that you could forever regret and God will cleanse you from the guilt and the shame of it because of your firm persuasion, because of your conviction based on what you have heard from the word of God, because of your faith in God. So the way to walk in the righteousness of God is by letting me firmly persuade you through the word of God so that you can stand in God's presence without guilt because of Jesus. Let's look at verse 4 and verse 5. He says, when people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they have earned. Verse 5 says, but people are counted as righteous, not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. This verse, these verses deal with the issue of us trying to achieve righteousness by works versus experiencing righteousness by faith. I mean, he keeps saying it because of their faith counted as righteous. Verse six through eight. David also spoke of this. So not only David discovered, not only did Abraham discover this, David discovered this. He discovered this when he described the happiness of those who are declared righteous without working for it. Oh, what joy. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin. Think about it. Talk about somebody who's messed up. I just was listening to a message about David being a man after God's own heart. But he was involved in a murder. He also was involved in adultery. Those in society are the bigs of sin. I mean, they make the top ten. And no matter for any of us, the reality that Abraham discovered and the reality that David discovered should be the reality that you and I discover. That we are declared, somebody say declared righteous. How many, of our, how many of you know that there's a difference between being righteous and de being declared righteous? Come on, think about it. When you got back from that cruise ship and you had three or four things in your luggage and you just didn't want to be bothered. I'm, I'm looking at the camera now so those of you all here can at least say amen. Customs wants you to declare what it is that you are bringing into the United States. And it's just a form on a piece of paper. They're not running a scan on your luggage. You know you've been on this cruise before. You've gotten in this situation. And you just don't want to go through and explain that you've got such and such and this and that. And so you declare that you don't have nothing. Oh, it's quiet in this church. How many of y'all know there's a difference between something being declared and something actually being. We know in ourselves we are not righteous. But we have been declared by God because of Jesus as the righteousness of God in him. Let's look at verse number nine. Is this good? Now this is this blessing. Now is this blessing. Now 
Is this blessing only for the Jews? Or is it also for the uncircumcised Gentiles? Well, we have been saying that Abraham was counted as righteous by God because of his faith. He's about to speak to, this is not only for Abraham, this is not only for David, but this is also for every one of us. Notice he again emphasizes counted as, not is, but counted as righteous because of his faith in God. This directly answers our question. Pastor Stan, how is it that I'm going to be able to stand in the presence of God as if sin has never before existed? I'm going to do it by faith. When I come into time of worship, I'm going to lift up my hands by faith. I might feel horrible. I might have just cussed in the car. Come on, somebody. Come into church. I'm going to come in. I'm going to repent. But then I'm going to lift up my hands by faith. Somebody say by faith. And I'm going to stand in God's presence by faith. I know he knows what I've done, but he chooses to forget it. He chooses not to remember it. So I know the devil, you're trying to remind me of my shame. You're trying to remind me of my failures. You're trying to remind me of my infirmities. But I thank God through Jesus, I am in the presence without guilt. Remember how faith works. This is so important. Because if we're going to do it by faith, we need to know how to do it. How does faith work? We remember faith works by saying, right? Faith works by doing something. Faith works by being patient, and faith works by love. Is that right? Come on, say it with me. Faith works by saying. Faith works by doing. Faith works by patience. And faith works by love. Now, that is true. I've taught it for many years, but I want you to apply it to the righteousness of God. Because I want you to be equipped on how to do it by faith. Well, the way faith works for righteousness works by saying. Saying what? I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Let's practice. Say it out loud. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, that's according to the word. We'll look at it in a moment. But you're saying what the word says, not what you feel. You might feel like the scum of the earth. But faith doesn't go by what it feels. It goes by what the word says. So faith works by saying the way you're going to be able to stand in his presence as if sin has never before existed is by saying it. I am made righteous with God. I am righteous. I have been made righteous by faith in Christ. The second is you do it by doing something. Glory to God. You do it by acting as though sin has never before existed. Not that it actually hasn't ever before existed, but I'm not going to hold my head down. I'm not going to feel inferior. I'm not going to feel ashamed. No, I'm going to lift my head up. Come on, y'all got to help me preach this thing in here today. I'm almost done. I'm going to hold my head up. I'm going to smile even though I might feel horrible. And we all have been there. I am going to act as though it's already done. Am I preaching good today? It works by not giving up. Patience is not giving up. And it works by believing that God loves you. It works by abiding in love, which is abiding in God. And when you abide in love and abide in God, you know that God is abiding on on the inside of you because God is love. Even when it comes to believing you are in right standing with God, we've got to do it by faith. Let me get ready to close with the last part of this in Romans chapter 4. This entire chapter was dedicated 
to our understanding how to be righteous by faith. Romans 4.11 says circumcision was a sign that Abraham already had faith and that God had already accepted him and declared him to be righteous even before he was circumcised. So Abraham is the spiritual father of those who have already faith but have not been circumcised. They are counted as righteous because of their faith. Think about it. Abraham cooked the chicken dinner because he had already believed God. In other words, he did the physical work because he was already accepted with God. God had already accepted him and declared him. So, yeah, serve in the choir because you've already, come on, somebody. Yeah, serve in the children's ministry because you have already. Abram did the physical thing because God had already. Oh, that's good to me. Come on, somebody. God had already accepted him and declared him to be righteous. He's talking about those who have faith, those who are counted as righteous because of their faith. Let's look at verse 13. In verse 13, he says, clearly God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants was based on his obedience to God's law, but not on his obedience to God's law, but on a right relationship with God that comes. How? Somebody say it. By faith. How does the right relationship with God God come? It's by faith. It's not going to be by works. It's going to be by faith. Verse 22 through 25. He says, and because Abraham's faith, God, because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. Can't get more plain than that. And when God counted him as righteous, it was, wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded for our benefit, too, assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we do what? Believe in who? In him. The one who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead, he was handed over to die because of our sins. And he was raised to life for what reason? To make us right with God. If you believe that, God declares you as righteous, counts you as righteous. How many of y'all see he took the entire chapter to make sure you get this idea? Then he goes into chapter five and says, therefore, which means because of everything I just told you, since we have been made, since we, somebody said that means me, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, that's the how, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done. Verse two says, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into a place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Ooh, this is so good. So I just simply took time today to show you the how. I showed you the why. You need boldness. But how do you do it? You do it by faith. Amen. And when you do it by faith, God makes you right with him in his sight. 
Maybe not in your neighbor's sight. Maybe not in your spouse's sight. Maybe not in that person that you hurt. Their sight. You might still be guilty. And until they forgive you and, and forgive you and, and release you of that, they may still treat you with a sense of shield, guilt or shame. But you should be able to stand in front of them and before him as if sin has never before existed. Having your consciences cleared of all guilt and shame. How do you do that, Pastor Stan? God is saying you do it because of your faith. God then will give you undeserved privilege. Come on, somebody say undeserved privilege. Not one of us from the pulpit to the parking lot deserve to stand in the presence of God as if sinners ever before existed. But it's undeserved privilege. Come on. You get to share in God's glory. Somebody say glory to God. Do you know what the glory of God is? It is the manifest presence of the Almighty. The Bible talks in the Old Testament about the Shekinah glory. That's what we want to achieve when we worship. We want to worship until the glory rolls in. Until the presence of the Almighty God flows in. And when we stand by faith in his presence as if sin has never before existed, he shows up. His glory manifests. Obviously, I don't want to take the time to go through all of chapter 5 because he spends time doing it there. But I'll conclude chapter 5 in verse 16 and verse 17. This is so good. I like this series personally. Amen. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God. Even though we are guilty of many sins, for the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through the one man, Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is a mouthful. Verse 16, talking about a gracious gift. A gracious gift is a gift you don't deserve. Judgment is when you get what you deserve. Mercy is when you don't get what you do deserve. But grace is when God gives you something that's good and you don't deserve it at all. Come on, when you forgive somebody, you give them something that they don't deserve. And God forgave you. He gave you this gracious gift. What is the gracious gift that came from God? Keep reading. He said that Adam's sin led to condemnation. Sin always will lead you to condemnation. I'm preaching this good message, but if you go out today and say something, do something, talked about our giving, and we continue in that regard and we, we don't get it off of us, you'll be in condemnation. Sin leads to condemnation. And then he concludes verse 16 by saying, we are guilty of many sins. I want you to hold your hand up if you feel like that applies to you. I'm going to put both my hands up. 
my foot up too, right? And if I can get the other foot up, man, I am. He said, we are guilty of many sins. But thank God. Look at verse 17. He calls this gracious gift his gift of righteousness. If I were to give you a, an iPhone, this is the older one, so you might not want this one, but, you know, they got, they got the 13 out, you know. I give you that little box and it's wrapped up. Really, I, I want to give it. In order for you to benefit from that phone, what do you have to do? You have to receive it. You can say, you know what, Pastor? I'm not worthy. I haven't done right by you. I was talking about you at dinner the other day, you know. And like, <laughs> Who the pastor think that he is, you know? Oh, I'm not worthy of that gift. But what if you say, well, I know I'm undeserving, but I receive it. How many of y'all receive the gift? Just the free gift of right. How many of y'all, you want to receive the gift of righteousness? Hallelujah. I'm going to pick up here next week. We're going to talk about reigning in life. Through righteousness. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse seven says that we walk by faith, not by sight. My challenge to you today is to walk by faith and not by how you feel. Sight in this verse is referring to the physical senses, which include emotional feelings. He says, we walk by faith, not by our physical senses, the sense of sight, the sense of hearing, the sense of taste and touch and smell. But it also includes our emotional feelings as well. You might feel like the scum of the earth. You might feel undeserving. You might feel unworthy. But we're not to walk by how we feel. We're to walk by faith. Faith is based on the word of God. My challenge is to get you to walk by faith and not by how you feel. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Say it out loud. I am made righteous in Christ. By God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. God's made me righteous in his presence. Thank you, Lord. I give you glory and I give you praise. Believe that you have right standing with God. Did you all get anything good out of this word today? We looked at the what. We looked at the why. Now we got the how. Come on back next week. And we'll go up to another level. You don't want to miss it. We'll talk about reigning in righteousness. Peradventure, you're here today. And maybe especially during the offering time, you felt that condemnation. You felt the guilt and you felt the shame in looking at it in that particular way. If you're here today and you have a sense of unrighteousness about you. The Bible's very clear. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you. 
unrighteousness is an indicator that something's wrong once you've dealt with the wrong you overcome it by faith so if that's you and you want to pray get these things off of you maybe you're online or in person and you don't know the Lord and you're a sinner you've never accepted him I want to pray with you and I want to pray for you believe these words that you speak and God will save you right where you sit congregation I'm going to ask you to pray out loud to bring no embarrassment to anyone but if that's you and you want to give your life to God or you want to rededicate your life to the Lord or you want to confess your sins then pray this and mean it from your heart in Jesus name God in heaven I come to you today to give you my life I do believe that Jesus Christ that he is your son I believe that he died for me, bearing my sins for me. They put him in a grave, but I believe he's alive. Come into my heart. Save me from my sins. Lord, I repent for the things I've said, the things I've done, places I've gone, things I've seen that are not pleasing to you. I'm asking you to forgive me and to cleanse me from the guilt the shame, condemnation, inferiority, and fear that came as a result. I'm asking you according to your word. Now by faith, I receive it. I receive the gift of being in right standing with you. Thank you, Lord, for this undeserved privilege. I also ask you now for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Baptize me in the Holy Ghost and give me my heavenly prayer language that I might speak with tongues and glorify God I love you Lord I give you my life in Jesus name amen there's a sweet presence of the Lord in this place today amen